episode of Not My Problem. My name is Nestle, and before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to check in with you guys and see how everything's been. We are four weeks into this podcast journey, and I'm so incredibly grateful for each and every one of you guys who have taken the time out to listen to 45 minutes of me just talking about my day, rambling about topics on a weekly basis. Honestly, I commend you guys to, for doing that for like a stranger on the internet because it takes a lot for me to dedicate my time to listen to a new podcast. So I can only imagine what it's like for you to decide to listen to me just rant about life. But the amount of positive feedback I've received from friends, coworkers, strangers really has made such a positive impact on my life. When I went into this, I definitely didn't think that it would go anywhere. And I say all that to say, I'm still very small in the grand scheme of things, but I'm incredibly grateful for like the couple of people that reach out and tell me how much they enjoy listening to me talk and how it feels like we're just like at home, just chilling, just having a conversation because that's always been the goal. So I really appreciate everybody who really enjoys the four episodes that I've put out thus far. So thank you for that. And with that, I just wanted to talk about a slight change that some of you may or may not have noticed, probably not, but because I'm not sure if it shows up in other streaming platforms. But I did change my genre to personal journals. When I first started this podcast, I believed it was labeled as society and culture, which I guess was just like a very simple genre to kind of just like throw myself into. I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go with the podcast. So that seemed like the best option because I knew I would want to talk about life and like things that are going on in the media and like dating and relationships and like career and you know whatever comes to mind online friends (laughs) like I talked about last episode so I I really just figured that it was a very like broad bucket that I can just talk about whatever and just kind of bullshit my way through each and every week which is what I do and then a week into it I decided to change it into comedy because while I know I wanted to talk about some more serious issues and things that seem a little taboo to discuss, I definitely want to keep my podcast on the more lighthearted side of things because that's definitely more my vibe. Like I, I enjoy having deep conversations with people, but I always try to keep it a little bit fun and fresh um, just to lighten the mood because I think it's very easy to just get a little too down in the weeds and a little too negative so I just wanted to keep it happy and fun and now here we are and it's the fourth episode and I've landed on personal journals and at first it sounded kind of strange and not really something that I would fit into because I don't know I was just like what what is personal journals and then I took a second and I realized that that's kind of exactly what I wanted to do. The whole purpose of starting this podcast is I just wanted to talk about my life and I just wanted to put myself out there for people to enjoy and consume in a way that feels like a journal, but I don't want to sit down and write a blog post every week. So here we are, me talking into a mic, talking about things that are on my mind and you guys enjoy that. I also kind of wanted to feel like a YouTube video where you go and listen to your favorite YouTubers every week and they just talk about whatever has been going on in their life, but you're watching them so you feel a little bit more invested. I kind of wanted to do somewhere in between. Like I wanted to talk as if I was in a blog, but you guys be able to relate to me as if you were watching a YouTube video and now here we are in a podcast. So quite Literally, not my problem is me just sitting in front of my mic every week, ranting about issues that are relevant to me in the current place that I am in my life. And personal journal just seems very fitting for that. This podcast is me sharing my story, putting myself out there for the world to hear and hopefully relate to. Just just a place for me to word vomit my stories and amplify the thoughts behind them. I don't need it to be put together in a pretty bow and I don't want to try to sell people on anything that I don't believe believe in. Sorry, words are hard. And I don't want to just try to force feed someone on why they should follow this step to live a better life. That's not me and that's not what I'm into. And I wouldn't, I don't want to put that type of content out there. So that's why I didn't really want to put myself in a bubble because I just felt like it didn't really describe who I was or what I was trying to do. 
And I've always struggled coming up with a quick answer to have people asking me, what's my podcast about? And I mean, it should be a very simple answer. What is your podcast about? What do you talk about every week? But for me, it's really not because, well, one, we're only four episodes in. This podcast can evolve. I can change the way I want to do it, and I'm perfectly okay with that. But right now, starting off, I think it would make more sense if someone were able to provide just like a quick, okay, what are you talking about every week? But it wasn't for me, but I stumbled on an answer that I feel is very relevant to where I am in this current point in time with my podcast. So my answer now is not my problem. Podcast is a weekly podcast where I share my thoughts as openly and honestly as possible. That's it. That's the tweet. That's all I got. And it quite literally is that. If someone were to play my podcast, there is no set of guidelines of, oh, this is like self-development. This is like dating and relationships. It's none of that. I can talk about bits and pieces of those things separately, but I can't talk holistically about any one topic. It's just not who I am. I'm very flighty. I'm very squirrely. I talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about. And that's what this podcast is. So I like I like to make the joke that it feels like you're at brunch with a friend, but I guess there's really more to that. And I, I think it would do you guys well if I explained what I really mean by that? If someone were to ask what brunch with Nestle is like, they'd more likely say that it's just brunch where we get bottomless mimosas first and foremost, but it's also just really centered around having real honest conversations. Not necessarily anything intense, more than likely they are lighthearted, but we are talking about real issues that are impacting our lives just a few mimosas deep, so we laugh in between. But hey, like that's the whole point. But the whole purpose is just to feel like you're in a space to be unapologetically yourself. And that's what my podcast needs to be about for me to feel comfortable sitting in front of this microphone every week telling you guys about what's going on the topic that i want to discuss that's why we're here so with that i hope you enjoy the episode before we get started with today's topic let's just take a moment to read the room and conduct our weekly vibe check we're on week seven of quarantine i think honestly I've lost count and I try to remember and put it in my show notes so when I sit in front of my microphone, I can give you guys a general date of where we are in this whole corona life. But honestly, I really don't know. I think we're on week seven, so we're going to go with that. And honestly, it's just the same. There's not many interesting things going on in my life. I'm kind of just going through the motions, trying to keep myself sane. I find that there is a lot of privilege that comes with being able to say you are bored at home, and I'm aware of that, and I acknowledge that fact, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I'm still bored. And I think at this point, I'm just bored of being bored. Like when I'm going about my day, so if I'm not working, I'm usually scrolling through YouTube or I'm listening to music or I'm texting slash FaceTiming friends. That's kind of my rotation of things that I do with my life. But I'm kind of just bored of doing that. I don't even want to do that anymore. So that's why I think that I need, I'm ready for everything to like, go back to some sense of normalcy. I do really hope that nothing goes back to completely normal. I think people need to be more aware of like, don't get so close to me, learn personal space, stay away. So I hope that is something that we learn through all of this. But at the same time, I'm kind of ready to be able to go get brunch again, be able to go shopping, sit in a coffee shop and do all the things that bring me joy. That's all I ask, even though so Georgia decided to reopen. It's reopened Georgia to, you know, stimulate the economy and all the things. And mind you, Georgia was one of the last states to close anything. So we were probably closed for about two and a half weeks before 
our governor decided that he wanted to reopen and re-stimulate the economy. So they opened a few things on a Friday, which were like um, gyms, which I thought was absolutely terrifying. Gyms, barber shops, hair salons, nail salons, and bowling alleys, because you just really need to bowl. Um, now that we're back to somewhat normal, I guess, I think that's just really what's sitting on everybody's hearts. We just needed to have that happen. And then the following Monday, our um, restaurants and movie theaters, and then there's probably a couple more things that fit into that bucket, but those are just like the two main things that are opening up. But even though Georgia's open, I'm still closed and I'm still at home. So I am just going to hang out at home for a couple more weeks because I don't think we're at any place to go out and about. And I just hope that there's not a spike in Corona cases, even though there's probably going to be that's probably going to be the case, but fingers crossed that people stay safe and healthy. So with that, yes, I am still powering through and it's still a long way to go. And I just found myself a lot more drained than I normally would be. So I took a day off from work on Friday because I quite frankly really needed it. And I'm incredibly thankful that I still have a job, all the things, but this working at home one you just work way more when you're at home because you just have the opportunity and you're not commuting commuting so you're like okay well i don't commute so let me just hop online and work and you stay later because you're already in the comfort of your own home you don't have to do the whole commute back home so you just stay on a little bit later and knock out some work there's literally data to support that you work more at home so with that we are on day seven not day seven, week seven of working from home, knowing that I'm working significantly more than I ever would, I'm exhausted. I I like my team, I do, but it's just been super exhausting and I feel like my work is very menial and I'm just doing what to me feels kind of pointless or redundant or something that quote unquote is not optimized, which was a joke. Um, that someone sent in an email and I just thought it was hilarious that they said that. So our team has been making jokes about the fact that we need to be more optimized. So that's been fun. So I really needed that extra day to refocus and then find some interest in what I do again, because right now I just, I just sit at my computer and I'm like, oh, not again, not this thing again. I'm working on this again. It's just, it's been a lot. So I took that day and I feel a lot better. I'm not sure I'm back at 100%, but I definitely feel a lot better that I had that extra day off to do absolutely nothing. So we'll call that a baby step. But aside from that, I've just been spending a lot of time re-watching Sex in the City. And let me just say that I probably haven't watched Sex in the City in a couple of years now. Maybe... When I, when I was in college, definitely, maybe junior or sophomore year. So that was at least six years ago. Not six years ago. Nestle, are you okay? Four to five years ago is how long that's been. And I have a lot of thoughts now that I'm a little bit older and feel as though I can relate to a lot more of the issues that they discuss in each episode because growing up, I just, when I saw it, I was just like, oh my God, these girls are just like, they're like older and they're like gallivanting the city, like having the time of their life, living their best life, getting cocktails and happy hours and dealing with problematic men, but they look good doing it. So it's fine. And now that I, I watch it and I'm like, ooh, this girl, like, what are you doing? And I feel the same way about he's just not that into you, which I recently watched a couple of weeks ago as well and I just I have these same thoughts just of these this idea that when we were younger these movies and shows really resonated with you in a certain way just for you to grow up and be a little bit older and wiser and rewatch the episodes and, or movies and realize that like wow this was like fucked up <laughs> this is problematic why are we doing this but maybe that should be its own episode. I don't know. Let me know if that's something you guys would be interested in because I was incredibly fascinated with it and I feel like I could talk about it for a, a while because it's just like, wow, 
crazy. And with that, I just feel like when we were younger, all these shows were like painting a picture of life and you would just have to wait to grow up to experience it. And now that I am older, Sex in the City specifically just feels like a sham to me. There are a lot of things that I definitely relate to it, like happy hour, we love a good happy hour, but there are also some things that I'm like, ooh, life is definitely not like this show. Like you don't get to just like roam the city without a care in the world, acting like bills aren't a thing. Like the fact that Carrie is like talking about herself being short for money or feeling like she's living paycheck to paycheck, even though I literally never see her work. So can we just talk about that for a second? But she's buying like all these expensive shoes. I just didn't, I I don't understand. I don't know what life she was living. So I don't know. I was watching this. I was like, ooh, this was my reality, my reality check because these girls are not living in reality. (laughs) But hey, listen, it's a good show. Highly recommend to watch it. My current reality is literally just sitting at home, chilling, not putting on makeup, not looking like a decent human being. I don't even remember the last time I looked like a presentable human being, but I'm at home staying as healthy and as happy as humanly possible. I'm just trying my best. So with that, I would say vibe check passed. Okay, guys, I just took a nice sip of today's drink of choice, which is, of course, a White Claw. Tonight, I'm drinking the, oh, it's dark, so I can't really see. It's the Ruby Grapefruit flavor, so that's what I'm having. It's really late, so I'm not going to go with a glass of wine or anything. Just going to keep it, like, keep it light, keep it fun, keep it fresh, you know, the usual. And everybody that knows me knows that I religiously drink white claws. That's just kind of my thing. So just accept me for who I am. Thank you. For this week's topic, I really wanted to discuss authenticity and really why we're claiming to be authentic and preaching our need for authenticity while living in a very filtered world. It's 2020. We're all about social media. We're all about our personal brand, putting ourselves out there, how we're perceived to the world. And we're just living in the society where we're kind of just saying that we need to be authentic, but we're only showing the world our best version of ourselves. So I had recorded this episode um, last night and I started talking and I had a lot of talking points and a really nice fleshed out idea, but I felt really preachy and it felt really strange and I felt like I wasn't being as vulnerable and honest about the topic that I could be. So I decided to table it for the night and now we're going to come back and talk about it. Very rough concept. I'm going to still try to talk about the things that I have written down, but I think when I followed this outline, it didn't seem as authentic, which is hilarious, that it didn't seem as authentic, it seemed too scripted, and that's the whole purpose of one, this podcast, and specifically this episode, because I just sat there and talked about the fact that I want this podcast to just be an open book where I just talk about my life, And I know that's a challenge for me because there are some people that only know certain aspects of my life or they know bits and pieces of some stories but never really the full picture. And obviously I'm grateful that they're supporting me and listening to my podcast, but at the same time, it also challenges me to still put what I want out there in the world as honest and as raw as humanly possible, knowing that other people will listen to it. But I've kind of gotten over that and I'm kind of just like, I don't give a fuck. If you don't want to know, you don't have to listen. So with that being said, I call authenticity a millennial buzzword. I think that's very much something that encompasses what the word authentic is. And by millennial buzzword, it's kind of the words that you either hear millennials or Gen Zers say that immediately gets people's attention. So vibe, culture, identity, brand, 
all of those type of things um, that if a millennial or Gen Z person saw it in an article, they would feel inclined to click it because it's words that resonate with us and we feel as a society are words that are important to us, which I agree, like culture is important, identity is important. But simultaneously, they're marketing us these words and these things that they know are enticing to us, but they also know that we very much care about how we're perceived online because cancel culture is such a big thing. So now with cancel culture, you have to be really strategic about what you say because you don't know if you're going to say the wrong thing, someone's going to find it, and it's going to get blown up. And then all of a sudden you're canceled. Nobody wants to talk to you. It happens all the time with celebrities and it happens all the time with like random people on the internet. Do you know how many instances where, for example, someone would go on a show like The Bachelor where it's just these regular people that just, well, one, we know they just want to be famous, but these are regular people with no background, no social media platform. They're just coming on. And by the end of it, they have a platform, but Walking in, they're just regular people prior to, they were just going about their nine to five or whatever side gig that they had going on, and now they're on TV for the world to see. And obviously, whenever someone has the spotlight, people like to go back and see who they were before they got to where they are now, which I get. Like, I understand, but some people take it like a little too far. So with that, you will see a lot of instances where Old tweets, for instance, are dug up and broadcasted and that person's canceled because they said something ridiculous or outrageous 10 plus years ago. Do I condone the things that were said? No, depending on the instance and nine times out of 10, I don't condone anything that someone brought up and decided to revive because if it was that bad, then it needs to be revived because if it wasn't that bad, nobody would have brought it up. So for in that instance, I get it. But now with that, I understand why people are more careful and strategic about how they are perceived online. And with that, I think people try to preach authenticity in a filtered way. And it's very strange to me. So I wanted to start this definition. Uh, so I wanted to start this off by reading the definition of the word. Found on Merriam-Webster, this word has a couple different variations of the word and like the meaning behind it. However, there was one particular definition that stood out to me. Authentic, true to one's own personality, spirit, or character. So for me, I obviously want to relate every topic back to my personal life and, you know, share some stories or share my inner thoughts that I probably wouldn't um, talk to a lot of people about. So for me, authentic is someone who is 100% themselves 100% of the time. No matter who's around, they are true to themselves. I can't tell you that that's always the case. There's a lot of different variations of that, so I'll just, I'll talk about a little bit. So one, I feel like I am myself as a whole person, like I am Nestle, but there are different parts of Nestle that people see depending on who you are, my relationship with you, and how long I've known you known you and my comfortability. Those are like the key factors around how much of Nestle you're going to get. This podcast, this gets a hundred percent of Nestle because I am in a space where I'm comfortable. I can say whatever I want. I know how it's going to be perceived because I have more time to really flesh out my thoughts. So I get to be 100% of myself. My coworkers and work and I guess strangers, I will bucket into one one little bucket of people. And those people, I would say I'm about 50% myself. I am very much like friendly and polite and like try to 
keep a positive vibe, but I filter myself a little bit more just depending on who they are my relationship and then kind of being able to tell how they would react to some of the things that I say. I say a lot of dumb things. Um, I say a lot of shock value things at times. And I say a lot of things just sarcastically. So unless they can interpret my tone, I'm not super confident on whether or not I will bring like those topics up to them, which is fine. So that that is that. And then my friends, my friends, I think this is, in a perfect world, I would want all of my friends to feel like I am 100% myself with them all of the time. And I will say that the aspect that they do know of me, I am 100% in that aspect. But there are some friends that like don't know every part of me. There are some friends that know a lot about my, my work life and like how I feel about work sometimes and navigating like annoying conversations that I have to deal with. And there are the friends that know about like very specific, every dating app, weird interaction that I have. They know that. They, kn- they know when I'm struggling to figure out a reply, like they know those details. There are some people that know my like family background that I don't talk about a lot. So those people know a little bit more of that. But there's very few people that know all aspects of my life. And that's that's 100% my bad. And that's my fault and I take ownership of that. But a lot of that comes down to comfortability. Um, I'm definitely a timing person if I don't feel that it's the right time to have that conversation or if it doesn't fit what makes sense for that conversation then I won't bring it up if we're like talking and having a light-hearted conversation about um like dating or like hanging out and shopping like I'm not gonna tell you about my childhood trauma like why would I do that so I think that comes down to a lot of it and there's probably maybe a handful of people and by a handful I really mean maybe two eh, maybe even three people that know 100% of Nestle and that I'm 100% myself with them all the time and one of them is an online friend just because we've had you have just more time to build a relationship and there's less judgment because I like I don't see her and I just feel like I can be more open it's kind of feels the same way about this podcast like there is a imaginary wall like even though I'm talking to her on a phone call or in a text message just like I'm talking into this microphone there just seems to be this little bit of disconnect where I feel a little bit more comfortable talking about my life so with that I want to talk about online and how I feel like I portray myself online and then tying this back into authenticity because that's obviously the topic. So online, I would say, and I think this is this applies to pretty much everybody because we all can relate to this, feeling as though that your online presence is your highlight reel. My Instagram is my highlight reel. I post the pictures that I think look the best for me. I try and fail miserably at creating like an aesthetic on my Instagram page. Um, And then like I just post stuff that doesn't really like shake the table too much. Mainly on Instagram, I don't post on Facebook ever. I just read Facebook posts in Facebook groups. And then on Twitter, I don't really, like I read it, but I don't really participate in a lot of dialogue. So I guess my main app is Instagram, to which I have 19 photos. I do this thing every year where I delete all of my photos, but I wanna say a couple of weeks ago, I decided to not do that and just bring all my photos back because I was annoyed at myself for caring so much about my Instagram feed and how I was perceived online if a stranger looked on my Instagram and I didn't have an aesthetic. So I would always delete my picture so I can start again and create like this Instagram aesthetic. And I took the time out and I was like, Nestle, why the fuck do you care about how your Instagram looks? And I don't, like I really, I don't. My Instagram is 
just me living my life, sharing moments that I experienced in like the past whatever, like five years that I've had Instagram. And that's all. I don't get why I put so much time and effort into trying to brand myself and then try to say that I'm like being authentic. And I know I'm not on Instagram actively saying like, oh, I'm authentic. Like that's not the case. But I know in the back of my head that authenticity is something that I care a lot about. Like I I look for it in friends. I look for it in people that I'm interested in dating and anybody that I surround myself with. I want people to be authentic. So how can I say that that's something that I require in knowing me if I don't wholeheartedly stand by that in myself. So with that is why I changed my social media. And I just wanna say that it's different if you are going through Instagram and you're trying to brand yourself because you are living, live or work in a field, live and work in a field, you know what I mean, where you quite literally need to look a certain way and present yourself a certain way online. I get it. I really, I really do get it. And I really do get that there are different variations of people depending on who you're with. Because like I said, I'm the exact same way. And I don't consider it multi-personality disorder, but I still find myself struggling to be 100% myself all of the time. And that's something that I am actively working on, but I acknowledge the fact that it's not the truth and it really bugs me that I'm like this because it bugs me even more that other people are like that. So, but I know that I can't sit and complain about other people. Well, yes I can because I'm doing it now. When I am doing the same thing, just not as bad. And I think that's why I wanted to talk about it because I wanted to put it out there into the world. It's something that I notice about other people that pisses me off, quite frankly. But me being the introspective person that I like to claim to be, I acknowledge that I am guilty of it myself at times. We live in a world where we crave, we live in a world where we crave reality and authenticity and the truth, but we don't give it. That is just something that we're constantly dealing with. Because if you think about it, how many times are you scrolling through your social media page, let's use Instagram for instance, and you see a couple plastering their relationship on the internet when you secretly know that it's falling apart? For me, there is multiple couples that I know that I see on my feed, and I know that someone in that that relationship is cheating or not being completely faithful and I don't know if the person knows or if they do know and they're working past it that's none of my business but it's just something that I see so and am I'm aware of so for me to see it on social media is just kind of an eye roll and then you see the people that are posting pictures with people that they don't even really like like just today I was scrolling through social media and scrolling through my Instagram and someone posted a picture with one of their friends and I know that they are having a rough time with that friend and they have said not so kind words about that friend recently, but here they are posting them on Instagram talking about how much they love them and how much they miss them and they're grateful for them and all the things. I get it. I get it. But I get, well, no, I don't get it. I don't get posting that on Instagram, but I get having a feeling of at that time, maybe they felt that way and I don't wanna invalidate their feelings, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that we're living in a world where people are claiming one thing, but um, showing themselves in a different light online. And then you have the friends that are jet setting from city to city, posting about being so happy, And then you see them posting late night being sad and showing that they're not in a good headspace. And I just want to know why can't we always show all aspects of ourselves online? Why can't we celebrate the fact that it's okay to not be okay 100% of the time? 
and why do we have to preach and present ourselves in a way that we're like, oh, we, I have it together. Let me show you and teach you about why I have my life together, knowing damn well you don't have your life together. You don't need to teach us how to be productive, how to navigate certain spaces. Why? What What purpose does that serve? We're all here trying to figure it the fuck out. So why are you trying to teach me how to be a certain way when you're not that way 100% of the time? I don't understand. I don't get it. So then I went on this like rabble hole because this is exactly what I do um, when I'm bored at home. I was trying to figure out why people feel the need to show themselves in a different light online or lie in like everyday conversations. And I stumbled across this study that was basically talking about why people want to appear likable and competent, which is why people perceive them in a certain way based on what they post online. So there was this study, I believe it was by UMass, don't quote me, and it was done a couple of years ago, but there was a study where they took a small sample of people and did a research study trying to figure out how often do people lie in a conversation. And then the study showed that 60% of people lied at least once during a 10-minute conversation and on average told two or three lies. And can we just take a moment to talk about that? Within 10 minutes, you could be talking to someone and they could tell you two to three lies. Why? A stranger. And then I thought about it. Whenever you're talking to a stranger, do you ever catch yourself like omitting facts or slightly altering the truth? Because I'll be honest, I'll do it for literally no reason. And it'll be super small things that in retrospect don't really matter. For instance, when I'm talking to strangers and I don't really specify or ask details, but for the sake of this example, someone will ask me where I'm from. I will automatically say Atlanta. And this person could live in Atlanta and be familiar with the metro Atlanta area so I could tell them that I live in the city outside of Atlanta, not necessarily in Atlanta, and they would probably know. Or I could be talking to somebody out of state and they have no idea, to which I understand why people say Atlanta, because they don't want to teach someone like, oh, it's like five minutes outside of Atlanta. Even though that's not that difficult of a sentence to say to somebody, you could easily just say, oh yeah, I live 10 minutes outside of the city. What's the harm in that? You see? So there's it's things as simple as that that people are struggling with on a day-to-day basis. And I just find it so fascinating that we're constantly just fabricating these weird lies about ourselves to seem likable. Because for me, I know that I just say Atlanta 90, not even 90, let me take that back. 40% of it is because I don't want to go through the whole conversation of like, oh no, I live in this city outside of Atlanta and it's this far and it's like Northeast and like, I don't want to be a GPS for somebody. I don't want to do it. That's 40%. The other 60% is because people are like, oh wow, like it's cool that you live in the city. And maybe people aren't self-aware to realize that, but let's be honest. Most of us say that for that reason because it just sounds better. It sounds more likable. It sounds more interesting. Oh, you live in the city? Blah, blah, blah. Do you deal with traffic? All the things. So we're all guilty of it. And I don't think there's anything, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that we need to be more self-aware and acknowledge the fact that we can't try to perfectly curate our lives. And that's what I feel like is happening, especially for me. And I've been very much trying to not do that because it's obnoxious. Because I curate this life for other people and try to show them this one aspect of me And then when they get to know me, like I have to continue to live in this lie. 
Like, what? I don't want to do that. That's so gross. Like, I have to keep up this facade. And that happened to me a couple, or not even a couple months ago. It's been a year now. And I think this happened to me, and I've been very self-reflective of it. I went on a couple dates with this guy, and... I feel like when you go on dates, obviously you want to put your best foot forward. You want to be your best self. But how often are we our best selves throughout our entire lives? I'm not my best self 100% of the time. So I think we need to celebrate and promote being authentic and being your full self 90% of the time. I don't recommend showing the parts that aren't exactly the most appealing things about you in the like first couple of dates but just be more yourself like I am one of those people that I like going to concerts I like traveling I like getting brunch with my friends very basic things very thing much things that are like oh that's cool like where do you like going but with that I also love scrolling through YouTube and watching the voice videos. I love scrolling through Reddit and deep diving into these weird threads about conspiracy theories. I like watching documentaries on Netflix. I read sociology and social psychology research for fun. And not a lot of people know that about me. And I feel like more people should know that about me because I will attract people that are more interested in things that I'm interested in. But why do I not do that? Because we've been freaking brainwashed to think that we need to appear a certain way. And a perfect example of this is the fact that I once went, well, this is not even just once. I have gone on dates or have met guys before that I have searched them up on social media because that's what I do. I'm just going to put that out there. If I've talked to you in any capacity, I'm 100% positive that I've creeped on your social media at some point in life. But I'll go on their social media and be kind of turned off by the fact that their page was like lackluster. It didn't have any sort of aesthetic to it. It was just a bunch of random pictures of like cats dogs, cars, awkwardly taking selfies at like the worst possible angles and like sidebar, but men, please work on taking better pictures for yourself. You're doing yourself a disservice, I promise you. Like get your, get a friend to take better pictures of you. But needless to say, I saw those pictures and it was like really cringy to me. And what's crazy is those photos spoke more to that person's personality than mine, my Instagram does or my Instagram story where I'm holding a cup of coffee in the city. Like, yeah, those are things that I like and those things, that's a aspect about me. But if you were to look on my Instagram page, you would just see, oh, she's an- another girl that likes traveling and hanging out with their friends. Well, that's it. There's no other aspect and maybe that's what you like and maybe that is who you are and if that's the case congratulations but I know that that's not me 100% of the time and then there will also be instances where other people who are similar to me post their highlight reels where where there's nothing wrong with that they will make like the one post that's more serious or more open or more real and raw and they'll apologize for it in the caption and how insane is that why are you apologizing for being who you fucking are for saying something that you actually want to say or being who you actually want to be another instant i have a friend who loves disney absolutely loves disney her instagram is a lot of disney and to be honest i don't like disney but she made another Instagram page for Disney to post Disney pictures and now she's like she's turned it into like a Disney blog which is its own community on Instagram which is like kind of terrifying but you know you do you but the whole purpose of her Disney page was because other people were 
annoyed and were unfollowing her for posting Disney content on her Instagram. And that right there, in its own regard, is the issue that I'm talking about. We are having to create a different version of ourselves in a completely different social media feed to post the content that we really want because society has told us that we can't do that on our own personal page. Who the fuck cares if someone unfollows you if you post your Disney pictures? Another friend has a like a fashion blog Instagram and I don't know why she can't post it on her personal Instagram page. I just don't get it. Like I'm here and I celebrate their choices, but I just think that we need to stop being this way or at least if we're going to be this way, stop fucking acting like we're like caring so much about authenticity when we really don't care all that much. We cared about filtered authenticity, but now we're just like, oh, okay, you can be yourself, but as long as it looks a certain way, fuck off. No, that's ridiculous. <sighs> oh my gosh, this gets me very heated. And I'm glad that I took the time out to like not record it last night and kind of flesh out my thoughts and have it be more of a, a conversation, more of a me just telling you my thoughts because it's maddening. It's so crazy that this is like the life that we're living in where we're preaching authenticity on topics that we know deep down inside aren't really what makes the person them or that's not wholeheartedly the content that they want to post it's just the content that they know will get more likes that people will understand more although people talk about all the time that they want more relatable content, more content that's about who someone is and the shit that most people don't want to say. So for instance, and a perfect example of this is me figuring out what I wanted my podcast to be about. I didn't want it to be about self-development because I didn't want to preach to someone about productivity or how to thrive in the workplace or combat imposter syndrome or why you should stop texting this trash guy that sends you you up text messages during quarantine. I didn't want to do it because I felt like I was a car dealership person trying to sell you a used car when in reality it's not living up to the expectations. This girl right here, me, Nestle, is not perfect. I'm all over the place. I'm scatterbrained and I'm just trying to figure it out as I go. I have stories that are fun and relatable, but much like all of the conversations that I try to have with my friends, I try to keep it as real and keep my opinions as open as possible. So I know that I would never preach to you about productivity because I procrastinate my work because I'm either lazy or I'm trying to find the courage to work on a thing that I'm absolutely terrified of screwing up. That's the real and honest tea. I love my job and I genuinely feel like I'm doing well in it, but I'm 24 and this is my first like real, real job. So who am I to tell you how to thrive in a place where I've barely got it figured out myself? Not me. And I allow and, and sometimes encourage men from the past to make reappearances in my life solely because I like the attention and it's a great story to tell. So why would I tell and try to tell you why you shouldn't text that person back? Now, if that person's being a misogynistic pig, yes, I'm going to tell you to not text them back. But I will also understand and be like, you know what, girl, I get it if you decided to text them back because, hey, we've all been there. And nobody needs to tell you what you need to do because you know what you should probably do. And if you're not going to do it, that's cool. That's on you. I don't need to tell you how to live your life. But hey, you might have your life put together and you may be completely authentic to who you are. And if that's the case, congratulations. I hate you. JK, not really. <laughs> But for the rest of us who are still messy ass humans trying to adult, can we please just stop trying to lie to ourselves and create our own version of authenticity and just be yourself, just be who you are, live your truth. I said it in the, my first couple of episodes and I'll say it again, just live your truth. 
I stumbled upon this beautiful quote from Gift Gugu Mona. I'm so sorry if I butcher your name. You're probably not listening, but I'm going to say that anyway. And they're a South African-born poet, philosopher, songwriter, and a philanthropist. The quote that I stumbled upon says, you can never be true to others if you keep on lying to yourself. Very simple, very to the point, but very true. You can't say that you are 100% yourself and then try to get to know other people and have them get to know you if you're lying to yourself on the person that you want to be. And I just think that we need to focus more on not trying to put a pretty bow on our lives to make it seem more consumable for other people, especially as women. Or for me, I put myself in a box where I feel like I'm not too much. I'm not too out there. Um, I don't share too much because I don't want to be too much. That's ridiculous. So that's something I'm working on about myself. And I acknowledge it. And it's not going to change, you know, overnight. And that's cool too. But we just, we need to be better. And that's really all that there is to that. And it's true. Like, how can we live in a world where we're trying to put our best version of ourselves out there for the world to see and call it authentic? You rarely find people being honest with themselves, and especially online, because that follows them forever. What they do online, what they say online follows them, and that's how they're gonna going to be perceived. And it's so much easier to do what's deemed as socially acceptable instead of going against the grain and putting yourself out there in a different way, even if it's more true to you. But me as a consumer, I would care and do care more about those real and honest conversations than someone that tries to tell me how to be happy like hello are you a happiness expert those are a thing so if you are like that's fine but nine times out of ten that's not the cat that's not the case so i just ask this simple question who are you trying to appease yourself or strangers on the internet Well, that's all I have for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you guys don't know where to find me on social media, be sure to follow at NotMyProblemPod on Instagram. And if you're interested in my rather boring personal Instagram page that I just talked about, where I share songs on my Instagram story and me holding up cups of coffee, then it's Nestle.Mitchell. But please stay safe and healthy, you guys. I'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Later.